Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. On the subject of toxic friends and a subtitle of Now Amnon Had a Friend. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you, Father? Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the worship, for the praise that has gone forth. Thank you for your spirit that is in this place here today. Now, Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, O God. I pray, O Lord, that you would just touch their hearts, their minds, and their spirits. I pray, O Lord, that the word of God would fall onto good ground here today and would produce a hundredfold harvest in the name of Jesus Christ. And I ask that you'd help me, O Lord. Help me today to preach your word with clarity, with anointing, O Lord. Lord, as I just read this past week, Lord, I I pray that you would let the word of God, as the prophet Jeremiah said, he said, I tried to stop, but I could not because it was like fire shut up in my bones. Lord, let your word be like that for me here today. Lord, I pray that you just bless our time together. We thank you for it all in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, before you're seated, turn around to four or five people, give them a fist bump and tell them, I'm glad to see you at the 9 a.m. service at Starkville Church of God today. But we find in this text a guy named Amnon. Amnon, as we've read, he was the son of David. Amnon had some personal problems. He had a personal problem that he was dealing with. Now, I think we have to all stop, and if we're honest, you don't have to raise your hand. Don't shout anything out, please. Uh, But I think every one of us, at times, we have personal problems, don't we? We have stuff we're going through. In fact, we're bat- sometimes we're battling with stuff that we sure don't want anybody else to know anything about. I know that we all, and you know, a lot of times people talk about how, you know, well, the Bible's just not applicable to my life or anything. How in the world can it? There is some messed up stuff in the Bible. There's no way that you can ever say, you know what, that just doesn't apply to me, or it's just holier-than-thou stuff. The Bible is full. There's only one perfect person in the Bible, Jesus Christ. After that, it is full of a bunch of messed up people with a bunch of crazy problems, some of them crazier than others. Somebody say amen. And here we have one of those really crazy ones. We got a guy named Amnon who fell in love or fell in lust with his half-sister Tamar. But he refused to court her because it would be too much of an embarrassment. He wanted her, and he knew it wasn't proper. Now, I'm going to say something, and, you know, it's probably going to stay quiet. That's all right. Unfortunately, you know, the enemy is doing that today. He's putting improper desires in people. I mean, the Bible talks about that in the New Testament. It talks about how men will lust after men, women will lust after women. The enemy's doing that today. He's putting improper desires into people's lives. He wants us as people, as Christians especially, he wants us to want things that we shouldn't have. Can I just tell you something? That everything you want, you don't need. 
Oh, I could stop and preach the rest of the morning right there. Everything you want, you don't necessarily need. In fact, really and truly, a whole bunch of stuff that we want sometimes we don't need. Amnon had a personal problem. Amnon had a personal friend. You know, by himself, I truly believe that Amnon would have never acted on this lust. Amnon's thoughts were filthy, they were perverse, they were sinful, but I believe he knew that it was wrong. In fact, because verse 2 tells us it was hard, King James said it was hard for him to do anything to her. The NIV said he became frustrated to the point of illness on account of his sister, for she was a virgin. It seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. I truly believe, and I know this is a matter of opinion here, I truly believe he would have never touched her on his own. But I believe verse 3 then reveals something very significant. It was impossible for him to do anything to her. And verse 3, now Amnon had a friend. Consider what kept Amnon from sinning. He had a reputation. He was not just some everyday Joe Blow. He was a king's kid. He was a child. He was a son of King David. He was well favored. He had all the silver and gold, everything that he could possibly want. At this point in David's life and in Amnon's life, David had, he's ruling the entire kingdom. He had won many battles. He was filthy rich. Amnon was royalty. Amnon was a prince. Amnon had everything going for him. And when Amnon considered his reputation, it stopped him, I believe, from sinning. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a conscience. He had never done anything like this before. He had obviously been dealing with these thoughts and the struggle for a while, but he had never acted on it. He was not the type to do such perverse things. His conscience had stopped him and prevented him from sinning in the past. It was when verse 2 says it was hard for him to do anything to her, I truly believe that that's not just talking about because in the story we find a plan was concocted to make it happen. I don't believe it was because he couldn't physically make things happen. I believe it was because he was struggling with his conscience because he knew it was wrong. Listen, man and woman of God, I still believe that we should have a conscience. I still believe that we should have the leading of the Holy Spirit that makes it hard for us to sin. Yes, there are the, the flesh and the enemy tries to push us into those things and lure us into those things. But I truly believe that we as Christian people can still have the help of the Holy Spirit that is saying, no, you don't need that. That's not what you need. I believe that part of this was the fact that Amnon had a conscience that had stopped him from doing anything before, but Amnon had a friend. Well, we find that Amnon had consequences for the sin that he commits. We find in this story, we find that in this story, as you read into chapter 13 here, that his friend, Amnon's friend, decides, here, here's what you need to do, Amnon. I got a plan. He said, I, I want you to do this. You tell, you need to pretend like you're sick. Pretend like you're about to die. Don't eat anything. And your father's going to come in and check on you. When your father David comes in, you need to tell him, Father, the only thing that's going to make me better is if you let my sister Tamar come in here and feed me. And sure enough, 
The plan comes together. Amnon fakes sick, lays in the bed. David comes in, and Amnon's like, Dad, I, the, the only thing that's going to, would you please, the only thing that's going to make me feel better is if you would let my sister Tamar come in here and cook for me and feed me, and that would make me feel better. I can't say, this is not in Scripture anywhere, but somewhere, somehow, I have to think in the back of his mind, David had to have had some questions. That's another sermon for another day, but David agrees. Tamar comes. She begins to cook. In the household of a king, there's obviously a lot of servants, a lot of people around, and so what Amnon's wanting to do, he can't do with a lot of people around. So Amnon, he says, hey, I'll send all the servants away. Get, get everybody out of the room. Shut the door. I don't want anybody but me and Tamar in the room. I mean, it's still, you're thinking, this is getting weirder. But the plan continues to go along. They shut the door. It's nobody but Amnon and Tamar. And suddenly, miraculously to Tamar, Amnon jumps up. He's not sick anymore begins to force himself on her, and she's like, don't do this. You don't want to do this. This is not proper. Let's just, just talk to your father. Just, he'll give you to it. Let's, we, we could be married. You could, don't do this thing. We know the story that Amnon did not stop. Amnon raped his half-sister. And after he rapes his half-sister, we find something very significant that happens it says something it says that after it was over with it said in verse 15 then Amnon hated her with intense hatred in fact he hated her more than he had loved her there's some stuff that the devil will make you think you want so bad and if you go ahead and you get it, you're going to hate yourself and hate everybody else once you get what you think you had to have. And in verse 20, we find there were consequences then for the sin that had been committed. Verse 20 tells us that Tamar had remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. She never fell in love. She never had normal affections for a man. She never had children. She was emotionally scarred for the rest of her life, and her life was ruined. This wasn't supposed to happen to her. She was a daughter of the king, one of the most protected people in the nation. This shouldn't have happened. But Amnon had a friend. There were conscious for Absalom. Absalom was Tamar's full brother, uh, he, uh, he was, he was uh, Tamar's full brother, and Absalom was very protective of Tamar. And Absalom was destined to ascend to the throne of his father, King David. Absalom was a wise judge who served under his father, the king. Everything you read, you study this, you go back and you read it. Absalom, he was handsome. Everybody loved him. I mean, he was the guy. He was the guy that was going to be it. He was going to take the throne. People would be like, who in the world was David? Absalom is the man. But Absalom burned with hatred toward his brother Amnon for sinning against his sister. 
And then Absalom devised a plan to get his revenge. He hosted a party and then he invited Amnon. And at that party, he had Amnon killed. And then he fled from the possible wrath from his own father, King David. And from then on, Absalom, who would have been king, was now a rebel. Absalom was destined for so much better things. He was destined from for the throne. I truly believe had this not all occurred, Solomon would have never been the man he was. Absalom would have been the heir to the throne. But Amnon had a friend. So I ask you this morning, what kind of friends do you have? If you were to go to somebody who's on drugs, an alcoholic, someone that's addicted to tobacco, Find someone in jail. Find someone with red marks all all up and down their arms from doing drugs. And you were to ask them, when did you first start doing drugs? When did this life first stop? Listen, to the alcoholic, when did you take your first drink? Most of them will say, well, when I was in school, I had this friend. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I read to you last week, Amos 3 and 3, it says you cannot walk together with them if you don't agree. And so if you do agree, you will be just like them. So show me your friends and I'll show you your spiritual direction. Show me your friends and I'll show you the habits that you'll soon have. Show me your friends and I can show you your future. Not because I'm some prophet, but because of what the Word of God tells us. You know, parents, that's, that's why we need to be praying for our kids' friends right now. You know, that's been one of our prayers. You know, as we've, in this life of ministry, as we have, have, have moved from one place to the other, as we, as we go places, I know that's always been one of our prayers. Lord, help us, help our girls to find a good group of godly friends that they can be with. Parents, pray for your kids' friends. Parents, know your kids' friends and who they are hanging out with. Now, I'm not saying all friends are bad. Because I've told you, even last week, I told you four friends you need. We need friends. We need friends who will encourage us to do right. Friends who will pray for us. Friends who will remind us what the Bible says about our sin. We need friends who will act like good Christian people when they are around us. We need good friends. We need the right kind of influence. This is one of the reasons why we need the church. We come here not just so we can sing together, not just so we can put a crowd together, because we need each other to influence one another, to encourage one another. We come share our love for Jesus with one another. There's also an old song that reminds us of another friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. You see, our best friend is Jesus. They beat him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They forced him to carry an old rugged cross. They crucified him on that cross. They pierced his side. He suffered because he is my friend. You know, throughout life, we have moments that impact us. 
It doesn't matter whether you're a pastor or not. There's moments that impact us. There are moments in my pastoral ministry that, that, that impact me more than others, obviously. I want to tell you a story. This is a true story about a girl named Marie. Marie was the daughter. She didn't really come to church much, but she was the daughter of one of my most faithful members. Marie had gotten into trouble, gotten into drugs. She had nearly killed herself. In fact, I remember it was right, I think it was the week of Easter. I got a call and said, Marie is in ICU in George County Hospital. Would you go by and visit with her? So I walked in there, walked in the ICU, and she's hooked up to all the, the ventilator, the machines. I wish I, I, w- I really wish at this point in the story I could tell you I just went in there and laid my hands on her and she just got up and kind of, that's not really what happened. Honestly, I went in there and you know I don't. She was if she was conscious, she was not very conscious at all. And it was just one of those where I just had to go in and say, "Hey, Marie, this is Dennis Laughlin, pastor at Loosedale Church of God. Just want to come by and see you and check on you." And you know I said, "I want to pray for you." I prayed for her. Walked out of the room. Three or four days later, I get a report. Hey, she's they got the ventilator off. She's in a regular room. She's doing good. A few weeks after that, I hear she's up. She's going to church, going to a good church. It wasn't our church, but a good friend of mine was a pastor. Good church. She was getting, she had gotten into church, going to church, getting her life straightened out. Everything was going really, really well. I mean, she was at the point of death, but God spared her raised her up she got into church she found some good friends she was doing really really well i can't remember if i was at the house or at my office one of my members who works for the police department called me said pastor you got a second i need i need to come by and talk to you i was like come on he came he got there and he said listen we just found marie dead hotel downtown would you go with me to tell her dad? It's like, what in the world happened? He said, well, one of her old friends came into town. He convinced her to go to the hotel where people do drugs sometimes. And they found some drugs from somebody. And she was the first one to do them. And I, I don't know. I don't know all the details about it. All I know is they were some bad drugs. And perhaps her life might have been spared, but her friend didn't have the best reputation, and she went out with the drugs, and he ran off. By the time she was found, she was dead. You know, I went through this whole list of, you know, what happened to Absalom, what happened to Tamar. I've seen it. So we left, and we went to her father's house, Pulled up there with the officer. I remember her dad, the first thing he said, he's like, what's Marie done now? The officer is like, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but we found Marie dead this morning in the hotel. I won't ever forget, he's big, he was taller than I am, big dude just sat down and 
wept on the steps. A girl that had gotten into a mess, a girl that God had given a second chance, a girl that had gotten things right, a girl that was heading in the right direction, a girl that God had great plans for, had a friend. And that friend's influence not only affected Marie and ended her life, it affected a father, it affected a family. And we had to bury her. You say, Pastor, why? That, that seems so extreme. Oh, it is extreme, but what if that extreme is you? You say, that doesn't happen to everybody. It happens to a lot more than you think. So the Lord put this on my heart again as I prayed about this, and this is kind of our, our opening series as, 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 as students are coming back in and everything. I'm reminded of how important friends are i truly don't believe that amnon would have ever acted on those lusts had it not been for a friend i truly believe that marie could still be alive right now if it had not been for a friend so i just need to remind somebody here today how important it is the people you let in your life now, I'm not talking about acquaintances. All of us need acquaintances. All of us have got a witness to lost people. All of us, we work with them. We come in contact with them. We live beside them. That's fine. Yes, we got a witness to them. But I'm talking about that close confidence, the friends that we have. Who are you pulling into your inner circle? Because I'm going to tell you, according to the Bible and according to life that this pastor has lived, it matters who your friends are. Are your friends pulling you up or are your friends pulling you down? Stand with me if you will, please, this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Listen, we are all, we're all made as free moral agents. We all get to choose. We make our own choices. I realize that. But I hope that today and over the last couple of weeks that you've seen even though we make our own choices, the people we put in our circles, our close inner circles around us will affect very strongly the choices that we make. And I don't know who I'm preaching to here this morning, but I know God sent me with this message for somebody. Be careful. Be careful who you're letting in your inner circle. Listen, we, we, we all struggle with things. Amnon, Amnon had a struggle. He had some inappropriate things. The enemy is putting things on us. I've said that already. There are desires, there are things that our flesh wants and that the enemy, even some things that seem unnatural, that put in there. And many times, we wouldn't act on them if we had the right friends saying, hey, don't do that. But if you've got the wrong friends, 
telling you just do what you want to do. And those wrong friends can lead you down a wrong, wrong road. And I know that it was extreme case, but I'm telling you there's far more of those than you realize. For Marie, it ended in death. It ended in that friend that she trusted left her in that hotel room to die. I don't know. I don't know the exacts of it, but I'm pretty sure that maybe if that friend had at least called 911, maybe she could have survived. But that's the kind of friend he was. Who are your friends today? I want to encourage you to take an inventory who you're letting in your life, who you're letting speak into you. Who are you letting guide you in your future? Who are you letting guide you in your relationships? Who are you taking advice from? Be careful who your advisor is. Because if you get the wrong one, it can be detrimental. Now, Amnon had a friend. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want the Lord. I want the Lord to have his way. I, I, want, I want the right people in my life, and I want to get the wrong people out. And I'm not talking about you never talk to sinners. I hope you get what I'm saying here. I'm not saying we never witness and we never come and cut. That is not what I'm saying at all. We've got to. But what I'm saying is the people, those close friends that you allow to speak into your life and give you advice, you must guard those positions. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to make sure that I get bad influences out and put good ones in would you just lift your hands right now with me all over this house right now and say I want to make sure I want to make sure that I'm having the right influences in my life come on just keep them up right now I want to pray over you father in the mighty name of Jesus Christ Lord, over this last couple of weeks, you have led me and directed me to talk about friends and the influence they can have in our lives. And Lord, last week, it was a positive, Lord. It was those four friends that we need, four people we need in our life because they can pull us up. They can help us up. They can encourage us. They can strengthen us spiritually. We need those kind. But Lord, there's also today, as we read in your word, Amnon, and not had a friend he didn't need. Marie, Marie had a friend she didn't need. So Lord, I pray that you just help each of us here to make sure that those toxic friends, those toxic friendships that are in our lives, I pray that you'd help us to get them out, oh Lord. I know that we've got to be witnesses. I know that we've got to be the light and the salt. And Lord, we will have those acquaintances and we will form those kind of friendships to witness. But for the people that speak into our lives and advise us, oh Lord, that we would reserve those spots for men and women that we trust, godly men and women that are going to listen to you and that have our best interests in mind, oh Lord. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for it right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, would you just one more time just lift your hands in this house. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd lead us, that you'd guide us, that you'd direct us. 
Lord, I pray that you would just have your way in our lives. Guide us in every relationship. Guide us in every friendship, Lord. I pray that you just help us. Help us, oh Lord, to make the right decisions. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I didn't plan on doing this. I just feel compelled to the Spirit. Wednesday night, Rihanna did a great job in the young adults class talking about in the book of James, wisdom. I just feel like that it's a lot of us. We need wisdom. We need direction, wisdom on friends, wisdom on everything. And so listen, I'm not going to drag this out. If nobody needs this, then I'm going to dismiss you and you can go to Sunday school or go to the house, wherever you want to go. But I feel compelled to stop for a moment. Maybe there's some here. You say, I just, you know, I, I need some wisdom. I need some direction and guidance in my life and my friendships and everything. I just want you to step out and I want to pray for you. There's just something about the altar. There's something about when we step out. I want us to just sing through this for just a moment, if y'all will. And we're going to open these altars. And if you're here and you say, I just need some wisdom. I need some direction. I want to make sure the Lord is having his way in my life and everything and friendships and everything. Hallelujah. 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 I want the Lord to lead me and guide me. I want the Lord to direct my steps. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I need some godly people. I need some Holy Ghost-filled people to come behind these and start praying. We're about to pray for them. Would you just pray? The Bible says that if we ask for wisdom, he'll give it liberally today. So I'm going to pray that God would do that. Come on, folks. Would you just come and help us pray as they begin to sing? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Find out more about us. Follow us on social media at Starkville COG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at startvillecogcom forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.